1: Today we have a crazy story of revenge against a psycho stepsister. We'll get into that in a bit but first, Jerk Boss tries to steal my girlfriend so I make him resign. As a young guy slowly working up the career ladder, I, 25 year old male, worked with a lot of bosses. Most of them were during my high school years and the summer before I resumed college. The one thing all my previous bosses had in common was the fact that they were all jerks. Mr Bell at the convenience store was my first boss. I was 16 when I started to work with him. My parents didn't have a lot of money, so I had to learn to get things I wanted by myself. Mr. Bell, 51-year-old male, would dock my pay for even the slightest things. Coming one minute late to work, Forgetting to arrange the salt packets in the specific order he liked and taking too long on one customer. He even refused to pay me for the day I fell sick on the job. It was crazy. The day I decided to stop working with him was the day I got robbed at gunpoint and he decided to take the amount that was stolen from my paycheck. He said I was on duty when it happened and therefore it was my responsibility. There wasn't much I could do. It's not like I could sue him or anything. So I quit i came back a few days later to break his windows after closing time which led to his shop being looted but that's besides the point the next boss i worked for herb 49 year old male was more verbally abusive he'd call me a stupid freak anytime i made the slightest mistakes and it did a number on my emotional well-being it was my dad that made me quit eventually when he met me crying one night in my room he almost had a physical altercation with herb when we all went to collect my last paycheck And then I went to college, still answering to more than my fair share of terrible bosses. I worked as a lifeguard in a pool, under a boss who got his kicks from humiliating me in front of everyone, as a waiter in a restaurant under a boss who almost got me injured with hot oil, and a busboy at a hookah lounge with a boss who fired me for telling his daughter not to mess with the club's merchandise. All the while, I was biding my time. All I wanted was to finish up with college and get a good job working at a corporate firm. At least the bosses I'll be working with there would be nicer than my previous ones. Psych! it didn't work out that way at all. I graduated with one of the best results in my class and I got a lot of job offers. Naturally, I picked up the highest paying one and I started to work there. When I got the letter of employment, I thought my dream had come true. I didn't know that it was just the beginning of my 7 month long nightmare. On the first day I started my new position, the head of my department wasn't around so I was shown around by my coworker, James, whom I quickly became friends with. While showing me the -the state-of-the-art facilities they had, I was so happy. I could only tell him how much I loved the office and my new position. James laughed and told me not to love it just yet, at least until I met the department head, Mr. K, 55-year-old male. I was told he went on a business meeting with the other executives and he'd be back the next day. During the lunch break, they all talked about this mysterious Mr. K and how the office was a much better space without him. I didn't understand because I hadn't met him yet. All I could say was that I was sure he wasn't that bad. I was wrong. The next day I woke up early as usual, got ready for work and went down into the busy street to look for a cab. I ran into some problems getting one and by the time I got to work, I was two minutes late. As soon as I got to my floor, I noticed that there was a solemn silence in the office. It was almost as though someone died or something. Before I could ask him what was going on, the door opened and a man walked in. I hadn't met him yesterday, but by the way the rest of the workers contorted themselves as he walked past, it told me everything I needed to know. That was Mr. K, the department head. The look in his eyes as soon as he saw me sent chills to my bones. He walked up to me and looked me over, saying something along the lines of, So this is the superstar HR was going on about. I thought you'd be taller. Then he continued by telling me that I was late and the company doesn't accommodate tardiness. I tried to explain what happened, but he wasn't listening. Then he told me that just because the company scouted me didn't mean I wasn't expendable. He could talk to HR and I'd be out of the company before I could blink. There wasn't a lot I could say, so I stuck with I'm sorry. But that wasn't the end of it with Mr. K. Not at all. That day, he had me running errands like some kind of office assistant. One time, I was tempted to tell him that I wasn't hired for all the errands he sent me, but James told me that would only make it worse if I complained. Whenever there was a new person in the department, Mr. K liked to show them that he was the boss, and they submitted to him. It's even worse for people the company scouted because somehow it made him kind of insecure. Those were James's words, even I don't understand them. I mean, how can you be insecure about your subordinate? By the end of that week, I was so tired and stressed out. All I wanted to do was crawl up somewhere and sleep, but then James decided that it was good if I took my mind off it. So he invited some other co-workers and we all went to a karaoke bar close to the office. They tried to get me to sing but i wasn't in the mood but then some other girl in the bar walked up to the stage and sang her voice was so mesmerizing that even i sat up to watch aside from that she was so beautiful and had a charming smile i wanted to talk to her and so james literally pushed me out of my seat to do it when she got down from the stage i walked up to her and complimented her performance She thanked me and we started to talk from there. By the time I was ready to leave, I got her number and a positive response to dinner. Fast forward to 6 weeks later, she had become my girlfriend. Let's just call her girlfriend, 24 year old female. One depressing day in the office, I was in the break room when James came with news. The company was throwing a party and we were all expected to come with a plus one. I decided to go with my girlfriend. That was my biggest mistake as soon as i got in mr k walked up to us he paid no heed to me only to girlfriend he said hi and asked if she was okay he complimented the dress she was wearing and was downright flirting with her eventually it got all too weird for me and so i decided to step in I said hi to Mr. K and formally introduced Girlfriend as my girlfriend so he could back off. But the look on his face told me he didn't care. He told me to get him a drink while he continued talking to Girlfriend. By the end of the night, I was so pissed. Even Girlfriend was pissed. I told her about my terrible boss and that day, she got to experience him full time. She had to give him her number because he'd been hounding her all night. But she promised that she'd tell me whatever he said. They started texting that night and he didn't even bother masking his flirtatious attitude. The crazy thing was that he had a wife at home. So I didn't know what he wanted with girlfriend. One Saturday evening I got back from the grocery store to meet an excited girlfriend in my apartment. She had news for me. Over the week, she'd been flirting back with him to see how far he could go. And boy, he went far. He asked her for a certain kind of picture and she sent him something she downloaded online blocking the face of course then she told him to send a video of him doing the deed to her picture and he stupidly did the funny thing was that he didn't even block his face he just stood there looking stupid as he pleased himself as i watched the video the perfect revenge came to mind
0: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: I collected the video from girlfriend and asked her to block him everywhere. She also sent me all the chats. The next day, I sent him an email containing the videos and texts with a simple message. Your wife and kid are going to see this if you don't do as I say. He promptly came to my cubicle and asked to talk in private. He said that he knew I was the one who sent the video and that he was going to get me arrested. I shrugged and told him to go ahead because I hadn't done anything wrong. I didn't ask him for money, so technically it wasn't blackmail. He asked what I wanted and I promptly told him. He had one week to resign. He said I was mad if I thought that he'd stop working because of me. I shrugged and said okay, but it didn't change the deadline. On the third day, he called me to his office and tried to make a deal. He said he'd lay off of girlfriend because he thought that was the reason why I wanted him gone. I told him his offer wasn't going to cut it, since she'd already blocked him. On the 5th day, he said he could help me talk to management, he could help me fast track my career and all I had to do was delete the video. It was a tempting offer, but it didn't mean anything as long as he was my boss. I didn't want him around anymore, he had done enough. I told him if he wasn't leaving the videos weren't going anywhere. On the 7th day. He folded completely. He printed out his letter of resignation and submitted it to HR. By the end of the month, he was gone from the company. Everyone was shocked by his sudden resignation. Everyone except me, of course. I haven't seen a bigger celebration in the department than that day. When they asked me what I thought about it, I said it was probably the power of divine intervention. I never mentioned the video in chats to anyone. Mr. K did what I asked him to do, so I kept my end of the deal and all was right in the world. Well, I'm definitely no fan of extortion or blackmail, but considering the firm had an outright celebration at him leaving, it's hard to say that the outcome was the wrong thing. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, it would be amazing if you left a like or left a review if you're listening to my podcast. That said, our next story is, College Friend Steals My Writing Award, So I Sent Him To The Hospital. All my life, I've been a really shy person. I, 22-year-old male, was severely introverted, and I hated being under the spotlight. It was something I'd hated about myself for the longest time, but that hate didn't solve anything, so in time I had to accept myself like that. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, I was in my head a lot, and I loved to write down my thoughts. That was how I discovered that I liked writing and that I'd had a talent for it it's pretty difficult to make friends when you don't even have the ability to stand up in class to answer a question even when you know the answer i had only one friend in middle school his name is thomas we only became friends because his mom and mine were friends and we spent a lot of time in each other's houses we were next door neighbors if thomas had been anything like me we wouldn't have been friends but he was outgoing bold charismatic and fun to be with he didn't pressure me to come out of my shell Whenever he was at my place or I was at his, he'd talk to me about his comic books. He had a big collection, and he took them pretty seriously. I also talked to Thomas about my writing. When I got to high school, I'd started to write fiction, and Thomas liked to give me character ideas. They're mostly characters from his comics, but still. By the time I got to sophomore year, Thomas moved away. His parents split, and his mom decided to sell the house for reasons unknown to anyone but herself. I had to do the rest of high school by myself. It was difficult to connect with anyone else. All I had was my writing. It was my solace, and I got better by the day. By the time I was done with high school, my mom had to force me to go to college. She wanted me to get better at my writing because she thought I could make something from it. So, to please her, I decided to go to college. There was no way in heck I was going to stay in university housing, so I got my mom to get me an apartment out of campus. The first few days were terrible. I was so lonely and homesick, I wanted to cry. At one point, I told my mom I wanted to come back home, but she told me that I had to stay strong and that she believed in me. We FaceTimed every day. That was what got me through those first few weeks. When classes finally started, it took all of me to decide to walk into the class filled with strangers. I sat at the back where it was safe. I expected that everyone else would want to sit in the front so they could properly interact with the lecturer, but I was wrong. A few minutes after the lecture started a guy walked up to where i was seated and sat beside me he greeted me and asked if i'd been taking notes i write as a hobby so of course i had a well detailed note he started to talk to me in class and didn't mind that i was giving him one word replies by the end of the class he introduced himself as josh we hung out for the entirety of the school day and by hanging out i mean he talked about his roommates in his dorm and how crazy they were or how his mom kicked him out of the house during summer when she caught him smoking weed in her living room. He had crazy stories to keep me entertained throughout the entire school day. When it was time to leave, we exchanged contacts and I left. Aside from the fact that he reminded me of Thomas, the fact that he was in the same course as me, which made him a writer by default, was really good because I wasn't scared to show my work to someone who understood what it felt like to have a story in your head and the need to put it on paper. We became friends after that day a few weeks later he came over to my apartment for the first time and showed him my work he had shown me his some time ago and even though it wasn't very good it was terrible i decided to show him mine as soon as he read through one of my short stories he looked at me with wide eyes he told me how good it was and asked me why i didn't put it in the school blog before then i didn't even know the school had a blog where students could upload things i told him i wasn't interested But Josh was just as pushy as Thomas. He said I didn't have to put in my real name. I could use an alias and there was no way they could trace it back to me. I refused still, but Josh was finally able to convince me by saying people were going to love it. I decided to give it a go. I set up a section on the school's blog and I started to upload my work. For the first month, I wasn't getting a lot of attention. I had a few reads and some comments. They were all good, nothing bad. The good comments I saw gave me the encouragement I needed to continue. I had a lot of written work on my laptop. It was over two years worth, and I could keep putting out content twice a week consistently. Within six months, the 10 to 15 reads I was having skyrocketed to over 2 to 5,000 per short story. People loved me. No matter how many I put out, they always wanted more. There were even some comments about me teaching people how to write, and others saying that they wanted to meet me. It was really crazy and so surprising. I didn't know there were a whole lot of people who appreciated my work as much as my mom and Thomas did. Anyway, one day, Josh asked me to accompany him to some hangout with his friends, and naturally, I said no. And also, naturally, he wasn't taking no for an answer, so he hounded me till I agreed. We met his friends at a bar. The guys were loud and talkative, which was good for me because then they didn't notice that I wasn't contributing to the discussion. One hour later, I was starting to get uneasy. I wanted to go home, but Josh was just starting to enjoy himself. One of Josh's friends said something about some other friends being late. Then one of the guys looked behind me and smiled. Speak of the devil, he said, and I turned around. Two girls were walking towards us, and as I looked at the one on the right, My heart skipped a beat. She was beautiful, to say the least. She had this radiant smile that illuminated her entire face, and I was already tongue-tied before I met her, so it made me even more tongue-tied. Josh introduced her as Mandy, and she said hi. I really wanted to talk to her, but my mind kept on going on and on about all the ways I could mess it up, so I kept quiet. By the end of the day, Josh followed me home, and when I wasn't responsive to all he was saying, He said he knew I liked Mandy. I tried to deny it, but he was too smart. Then he told me he'd help me talk to her, and I thanked him. In the next few days, the school was hosting an award night for the school's content creators, and I was nominated in the Best Storyteller category. Josh was really excited, but I wasn't. When he told me I had to show up for the event to get the award, I said no. That if I won, I wouldn't be able to go up on stage to collect the award. I wasn't ready for that type of attention. Surprisingly, Josh agreed. For the first time since we met, I told him I didn't want to do something and he just agreed without a fight. I should have known then that something was wrong, but I didn't think about it that way. Josh offered a suggestion. He decided that since nobody knew who I was, it meant that anyone could have been the writer and so he could collect the award in my stead. I thought this was Josh trying to help me but I didn't know he had something else under his sleeves. I agreed to his plan and he promised me once more that he was going to help me talk to Mandy. At the award ceremony, which I live streamed from the comfort of my apartment, I won the award and Josh went up to collect it. He played the part of an appreciative writer very well. He didn't mention anything about me on stage. Ever since that day, people started regarding him as the mystery writer and he took all the glory. He started hanging out with more people, going to more parties and stuff. While I stayed home, writing pieces that he's going to take the glory for when he's done partying, I didn't care about all of this. All I wanted was for him to help me talk to Mandy, but he didn't do that. One day I decided to go to his place and ask him why it was taking so long to talk to her. Imagine my surprise when I got to his room and met him kissing Mandy in his living room. I've never felt betrayal like I felt it that day. I left before giving Josh the chance to say anything. The crazy thing is that after that day, he didn't even try to call or visit to apologize. That was when I realized it. He wanted Mandy for himself too, and that was why he didn't talk to her about me. I wasn't going to let him get away with what he'd done to me. So on my blog, I wrote that Josh was an imposter, and he wasn't the real writer on the blog, and that all he was was a liar and a thief. All of the love that he'd gotten from the school turned to hate, and he was booed wherever he went. But that wasn't enough for me. So, one afternoon, when I was sure Josh would be out on his part time job, I snuck into his house and mixed in pineapple juice to all his drinks. I knew he was allergic to pineapple. Not bad enough that it would have any serious or permanent damage, but just enough that he'll have a terrible stomach ache and won't be able to move a muscle. I left when I was done. Two days later, I heard that Josh was admitted to the hospital. I didn't feel bad or even think of visiting him. He deserved everything he got, and I'm only glad that my plan worked really well. So in this situation, when they know that OP walked in on them, saw that he was with Mandy, knew that he had taken credit for all of the work OP had done, when they land in the hospital, would it even remotely be a shock that OP didn't show up? That it wouldn't be a shock at all if OP never spoke to him again, right? And honestly, considering how they were rolling, they probably wouldn't have cared until OP exposed them. That said, our next story is... My Psycho stepsister. For the longest time, I've always thought of my family, in this case, my father, as my support system. They were quite literally my go-to people in my times of need, and for that I would have to appreciate them, honestly. But there was a particular incident that happened a few months back that really caused everyone to literally drift away from me. And this was the incident with my step-sibling, female 17, and myself, male 21. Looking at things more realistically, I most definitely can't blame either one of my family and even close friends in this case, as every single piece of evidence was pointing directly against me. And to make matters even worse, there was no reason whatsoever for them to harbor feelings of distrust for me. The one person I most definitely blame is none other than my step-sibling, who, because of certain feelings she was harboring against me, decided to go along with the flow of the accusation that was placed against me, and make matters even worse than it already was. At some point in my life, after the incident, I couldn't live with myself, as having lost the support of my only support system completely and, quite literally, every single friend I had leave too, was definitely not healthy for a person's mental state. And it got worse so much so that i was already beginning to seriously consider ending things but myself alongside my sanity was saved by the mere intervention of a very special someone in my life currently my best friend the genesis of this entire story of mine could be traced back to the time of the passing of my dear mother unfortunately for her she was involved in a very fatal accident when she was away on a business trip And i guess no one was to blame for that as she was always serious with work and it was only a pity that she wasn't able to realize her dreams of living out the remainder of her life in luxury with my father as the both of them were always working together all in order to ensure that things were easy for their children at the time my father was still trying to get his finances in order so my mother was the one supporting him in everything he wanted to do Unfortunately for her, she wasn't able to see him achieve the things they had both planned out for each other. This was the only form or manner of regret that my father was living with for the most of his life after the passing of my mother. But after quite a while had passed, he finally decided to let himself love and be loved. And that was when he put himself out there, once again, ever since my mother. My father had quite the terrible luck in finding a woman for himself i guess he was very much rusty as he'd never been in the dating scene for almost 20 years which was how many years his anniversary with my mother would have been were she alive my father at this point in time was already quite the business tycoon as the large majority of his businesses had already taken off and he was literally swimming in profit more than enough profit for him to have retired himself and my mother without having to ever work again for the remainder of their lives were she alive Every single woman my father found himself attracted to was either giving him the attention he needed and wanted because they were just in it for the money they were looking to get out of him, and the others, I guess you could say, that this was quite literally their business. And I meant it quite literally because most of them that care actually were just trying to find some quick cash for the night or for the weekend. And whenever they came back home with him and they saw me, his child, They immediately wanted to leave, because I overheard one of them say that they didn't want to have anything to do with a married man with children. It almost got out of hand, as I was already beginning to feel bad for my father, as I didn't want him to continue feeling this way. This feeling like he can never do anything right in his life, and so I decided to offer him some piece of advice i know it's weird and a bit unbelievable but that just goes to show you how close my father and i were and how close we got after the passing of my mother seeing as we only had each other after a few trials my father was finally able to find a woman that ticked all the boxes he had when he was looking for a woman she was quite literally everything she had the mental maturity the goal orientation and family orientation and most importantly she was willing and ready to go all in with my father regardless of whether or not he was financially comfortable which was how he portrayed himself to her the relationship between my father and this new woman was quite a funny one as most times they usually engage themselves in harmless play which always seemed to make my father very happy It was nice seeing him happy for the first time in a really long time. However, there was one thing I was a bit uncomfortable with, which was the fact that she already had a child too, her daughter Charlene. She was quite a troublesome person. She was always at my neck on things that were not even supposed to be blown out of proportion. There was one thing that still seemed to amuse me about her every single time though, which was the fact that she was just a year younger than I was, and she still had the mouth of someone in her late 20s, She had this fiery personality where she wasn't ready to take nonsense from any and everyone. Her mother explained to my father that she had always been this way ever since she lost her father to cancer a year after she was done with middle school and that this was the major reason why she was being stuck up the moment when she came into our lives. But I was still bothered by this fact as I too believed for a fact that it was irrelevant The fact that she had lost her parents for the only thing or reasons that give me a definite sense of understanding was the fact that she must not have possessed a certain degree of likeness towards me. This was evident only about roughly a year later. Fast forward a bit, 15 full months later, my father was already making plans to fully integrate this new partner of his into both of our lives by means of finalizing the living arrangement processes which have been seeming to be posing quite a problem for them both, and also uniting themselves in holy matrimony. I honestly had no problems with this, as it seemed like my father was genuinely happy with the decision of settling down with her. However, the only place I had a reason for concern was when I realized that my soon-to-be stepsister was going to be a thorn in my behind, and I for one was not willing and ready to live with a thorn in my behind for a long period. There were times, and this was after she had already become my stepsister, that she would all of a sudden decide to cause a little bit of trouble, and on some occasions there were little to no problems, but there were other times, where her actions were followed by consequences and to no one's surprise, a large percent of the blame was always on me. Reason being that she was left in my care and all, I was initially strongly opposed to the idea of that. And this was because I was practically the only one who knew truly that every single act or action of transgression was intentional. And it was meant to serve as a means to worsen things for me, whenever she felt like making my life miserable. But I had no say in the matter as my father was in love with his new wife, my stepmother, and he didn't want to do anything that could jeopardize the relationship with his newfound love. So there I was, left to the vices and whims of my stepsister, How I felt every single day was always based on how she felt or, according to her, how I treated her. I normally wasn't too bothered by the fact that she had some feelings of contempt for me. The only thing that bothered me was the fact that I was always placed in uncomfortable positions as a result. And ultimately when i decided that i wasn't going to have any more of the way she treated me i decided to take matters into my own hands and this was not until she had done the one thing that went to the extreme and almost ruined my life completely so on this fateful day i was supposed to stay home with my stepsister as both my father and stepmother were out for the weekend and for the entire time i decided to invite my best friend over for the entire weekend And as you can guess, this didn't sit right with her, or rather, she didn't like the idea. Even though to me, she was somewhat of a stranger. She tried telling me that she didn't like my best friend staying at our place for the weekend, as she didn't feel comfortable. I told her it was no concern of mine whether or not she was comfortable with my friend staying, and this was what triggered her. She went ballistic as she said she was going to make me regret it. I thought it was just her usual threats and she was still going to misbehave as usual. Not until my father and his wife decided to cut their trio short and immediately come home and this was all because of the information they had received from my sister. Apparently, she made up her mind that the usual things she did to frustrate me and my entire being was no longer enough and so she fabricated some evidence and said sa S-A'd her and she even showed them signs of the bruises and all, which were all made up by her by the way. And when my father came back home, he didn't even attempt to pay any mind to my part of the story. He first of all beat me to a pulp as she showed him the bruises she had just inflicted on herself to ensure the authenticity of her story. Afterwards, my father called over the law enforcement officers, and they were at our place within the hour. After he had filed the report, they immediately apprehended me, because I wasn't a minor, and my stepsister was. I was placed in their custody for the next 48 hours as they were making attempts to process me and all. Things were just moving so fast, and I was trying to realize how things became this way all from the words from one single individual. The story of what I'd done was already spreading far and wide amongst my friends and other family members. At that point, it had seemed like my life was already nearing its end, and I was almost seriously considering ending things quickly. A ray of light soon shone upon me, as I was then visited by my best friend, who was quite literally my only alibi and the only person who could have vouched for me that weekend. He also brought along with him pieces of evidence that could accurately depict my actions that night, as we were playing games all night and day throughout the weekend, and as this, what she had fabricated couldn't have happened. And then that was when the officers decided to properly investigate and they found out that it was a false report, and the officers immediately released me and placed my stepsister in a juvenile correctional facility. I didn't see this as retribution enough so I spread rumors amongst her friends that she was deemed mentally unhealthy and was thus admitted to a mental institution indefinitely. I know that for sure was going to ruin her life, akin to how she did mine, and that was enough for me. Stories like this are disheartening and also kind of scary to hear because the importance in a situation like this is to listen to and try to believe and understand where somebody who's reporting a crime like this is coming from, coming forward with that knowledge and information. At the same time, you can see how somebody like this stepsister is trying to ruin the whole thing for all of those actual victims by trying to abuse the system and get away with this. I think I'm just trying to understand how the police deemed it a false report. I mean, what evidence is there to say either way? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.